Hey, check this out right about now. I want to introduce a brother that came all the way out of here from the Strong Island, New York. For our next guest, I have to do some Beastie Boys, right? Because this is how I relate to this person on some levels. If you can feel what I'm feeling, then it's a musical masterpiece, all right? That's a bit, it's a touch of the B-Boys, but it's the Zero Hour Beastie Boys style. It's Mark Fitz. And I don't know why I say it like that every time, but I'm still your co-host. And I'm your host, Christine Chapman, and here we are with Scott Lecktrekker. Say hello, Scotty Moosh. Hello there. Yeah. So. You know, I I think I have the genesis of that. uh, Why the Mark Fierce thing. Do you remember when we were living in 57th Street? Uh, And I think it was your grandmother who who left a message. (laughs) (laughs) And we just heard, this message is for Mark Fierce. Remember, she she lived in a boarding house? She thought I lived in like a group home for boys or something. He's the third door on the left-hand side. If you see Mark, my little boy, tell him I say hello. So, uh, Scott, uh, and people will hear me reference him in many different names, phrases, and musical notes, uh, is... One of my homies, 33 years, right? Yeah. We, we figured it out yesterday. 33 years. 33 years is a long time. He, I can't wait for all the Mark stories. Dude, you're not going to get him. <laughs> you're not going to get him. He was my uh, college roommate. Uh, he is from what? Strong Island. Represent y'all. Uh. Um, <laughs> now lives in uh, Queens, right? Astoria, Queens. Astoria in the house. And Scott's got a couple of uh, couple of interesting stories. Um, Christine, do you wanna you wanna jump in before we throw Scott to the wolves? No, I think you're doing a pretty good job. All right, dude, I'm just getting the belt heave ho ready to throw you into the thick of it. So, uh, Scott, you look at me like you're nervous. I've, no. never, I've never fucking seen that nervous face on you before. No, I'm fine. All right, liar. So, no, no, you know what? Before you do, um, we usually have pre-interview meetings and, you know, when 33 Scott, years when of Sc- pre-interview yes, meetings. Yes. When Scott when Scott said yes to the idea of coming to talk to us and sharing his zero hour story, I said to Mark, um, I should probably be reaching out to him and you need to connect us by email or whatnot. Nope. So I got to send him an email and um, potentially ask about setting up a meeting, which I said to him, which Mark calls guardrail meetings, right? So that we can establish guardrails. And what I was told in return by email or by text was no guardrails. There are no guardrails for this. This is a WWE Iron Cage match. (laughs) (laughs) Go so, well. Yep. You got to see. Well, go all right. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, like in life, life doesn't have guardrails. So we're, we're we're you know we're talking about serious things. Yeah. You know, Christine and I were were talking earlier today about parenting, right? And parenting is one of those things that you're not given a book. 
you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants, and every year is a new year to like learn stuff, you know, from your kids. And part of the personality has to be is you, you kind of have to like go with the flow, right? And you kind of have to, and you're going to make some wrong decisions. Hopefully you make more right decisions. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm not even sure we're like, I have so much context on, on, on Scott, right? Like, where do you want to start, dude? Like, do you, do you want to start like, well, what's your, well, the way, the way that it would start in AA is usually, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, what your life was before your addiction, then what life was like during addiction, and then what life is like after, you know, in recovery. Yep. Uh, okay. So so, that's so a-, a lot of people a lot of people begin with like, oh, this is where I started drinking, and uh, you know, um, you know, this is what my life was like growing up, and you know, it, it's everybody's very similar in that in in recovery. I think in that you know they grew up in a stressful environment, and they have a lot of unresolved trauma. That they're dealing with, and and is that that's the common when, thread amongst yeah, people in that, recovery. Yeah, yeah, okay, mostly. So can we just? Well, I establish... mean, everybody has that, you know. So, so your zero hour moment has to do with your own journey towards recovery, Scott. Is that? Yeah, I'll say it's it's uh, you know what anybody in recovery uh, goes through. It's that first that you know in the twelve steps. It's the first step, which is admitting that you are powerless over alcohol or powerless over you know whatever substance or whatever activity could be could be gambling, could be sex, and that your life had become unmanageable. That's uh, that's 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 everybody's zero hour. That's in in recovery. So. That's interesting to I, – I don't know what the 12 steps are, but the first step is is admitting that, that there's a problem. But at, at what point does a person – and I assume it's different for every person – need – like when do you realize I have no control over this anymore? Like – and not only that I have no – you can realize you have no control over it and say, F it. I'm having fun. I know it's a problem. I'll figure it out later. And then later it turns into be 25 years, right? Mm-hmm. So at, at what point do you do you raise the white flag? You know, like, I need help. And that's a brave friggin' thing to do. Like, is it from your wife? Is it from your friends? Is it from your family? But like, dude, you, you mentioned people have what my mom likes to say, misagots, right? Misagots is a, like a Hebrew saying, like, you got shit, right? You got stuff going on. And is it how you process your stuff? I got stuff too, but I'm not in recovery, right? You got stuff and you're in recovery. Um, is that because we process shit differently? Is that is that part of it? I'm kind of looking at both of you. Is that part of it? Well, yeah. Um, you know, everybody, listen, all we have is our own consciousness and, the, and our perception of the world. That's literally, you know, the one thing that you truly own. Um, and you know, everybody sees things differently and everybody processes things a little bit differently and, and, you know, Hey, it's never too late for you. You could, uh, you could still become a, you know, <laughs> right around the corner, dude. Sometimes I'm knocking, I'm knocking on the door, you know, but. Okay. okay. So, so then if you were to, so you attend AA meetings, you go, do you share? 
Yeah, of course. And and when you share, is is it true? Like I I spent many years in Al-Anon, for example. Um, I I'm the adult child of an alcoholic, former spouse of an alcoholic, and um, my my whole family in many ways, like whether married or family of origin, has dealt with various forms of addiction, whether it's you know dr- drug addiction, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's work addiction, myself included, I think. Um, But when you share, usually the first thing is like, hey, my name is and I'm an alcoholic or I'm the adult child of an alcoholic or whatever it is. Right. Um, When you when you say that that is your sort of I am in a space where I am I'm stating that I'm powerless against that. When did that when did you when when were you able to say, uh, yeah, I I have a problem. I am an alcoholic like and do something about it. Like You could say I have a problem and not do anything about it, but to actually do something to make yourself better. Well, I I would say that, you know, uh, what really brought me, you know, to my knees, so to speak, is I was looking down the barrel of, a, you know, at a divorce. You know, my wife had had enough and basically told me, you know, this is it. We're done. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. So she if gave you, you an ultimatum. Well, yeah. I I mean, it wasn't like go to, you know, do this or I'm leaving you. It was just I'm leaving you. And my reaction to that was good. Now I can now I can drink how I want. I don't have to, you know, deal with it. Yeah. 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 Great for me. Not great for you. though. No, 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 no. That was, you know, and, uh, you know, she had set up an intervention. Is she calling you right now? Probably. So shout out. To, yeah. yeah, she's calling you. <laughs> Shout out to Mrs. Lectrecker. Her name is Jimena. She is an incredible woman. She, Scott, is your number one fan, obviously. And you are not an easy person to love. No. Right? Even as a friend, much less as a wife, you are as grumpy and moody as the <laughs> fucking day is long. Well, I, I, I feel very uncomfortable being loved. And it, that dates it makes, back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is all this is all childhood stuff that you know was unresolved and is being resolved. So I love you, dude. She she set up. Right. Don't make me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so she set up like a intervention with a friend of ours that you know, Nick. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sure. And yeah. me and Nick went out. Uh, you know, this is two days after she told me that you know she was going to leave. Dude, was, was this? Was this right around the time when you went missing? Right. And this, this is this is a couple of days right before that. Yeah. Right before that. Yes. Okay. So Nick, Nick, me and Nick, uh, you know, Nick is in recovery. He's a you know uh, member of AA, and and he's went to rehab a couple of times uh, himself. And he sat me down. And he said, "Hey, you know, let's why don't we go to a meeting?" And and you know, and to myself, I said, "Listen, I'm not an alcoholic." Okay. Why did I think that? Because I thought the definition of alcoholic is somebody that physically needs to drink alcohol. I was like, I'm not physically addicted to alcohol. Okay. I, I don't need to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I'm shaking and, you know. Yeah. I wasn't that bad. That's, that's you know, down the road for me. Okay. That's, that's so, as, as the d- disease progresses. So I was in, you know. The beginning stages, yes, you call it? Yes, absolutely. I didn't make that you know, 
90 degree turn into the next phase. But uh, so so Scotty, back it up a little. What what for those who are listening? What are some signs of beginning stages? Uh, is it I can out drink all my friends at a party, right? I can drink all night and still get up in the morning, feel like shit, and get through my day. Uh, are those like, is that what a beginning stage looks like? Did it look like that to you? Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically, I mean, it's it's not super scientific. It's, uh, are you drinking too much? <laughs> are you are you letting alcohol get in the way of, of life? And, and, and is it affecting you your relationship? How are you doing that? Because obviously your, your wife would not have said, hey, um, we're done, unless there were ways in which she felt like you weren't giving or the relationship wasn't working like what ways in which like what what did she want you to change besides drinking too much like how did that bleed out if you will into your relationship well for her me drinking was me escaping from her uh don't a lot of guys drink to escape from their wives seriously i mean isn't that the biggest complaint between husband and wife Wife says to husband, and I'm overgeneralizing, of course, you drink too much, right? And, and and hasn't there been many kind of like funny movie scenes? I'm like, well, you talk too much or you argue too much, right? And this is like, so drinking, as we're learning, is it a, is a bit of an escape, you know? Like like Scott, you would say, and you, you told us yesterday, makes you feel good, lights up your brain, right? Like you're one of the smartest people I know, and it lights up your brain, right? And you're like, wow, I really like the way that feels. And unfortunately, uh, I stumble and I fall and I get drunk. But I like the beginning part of that. Um, you know, and, and that's, I think that's the age-old question between husband and wife is, you drink too much, I'm like, you argue with me too much. Like, let me, like, where's the balance? And sometimes there is no balance and you're faced with an ultimatum, right? Which is get sober or get out, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't an ultimatum. It was, I'm leaving. That's it. I've had enough. It wasn't, right. you know. So and, did you have to work towards it becoming sort of an ultimatum? So you had a choice? Because clearly you're still together. You, you you did what you needed to do. But back then you didn't feel like you had a choice. Did you make that choice happen? Like how did that? Well, you know, what happened was, uh, you know, the is one night – uh, you know, this is just a couple of days after after all this happened. And, and I said to myself, well, you know, this is during COVID. I'm not working. Um, and that's a big part of it because, you know, sure. I had. I, yeah. 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 There's nothing yeah. else to do. A lot of people, you know, yeah. came down with alcohol problems yeah. during sure. COVID. Um, it's so weird that, you know, liquor stores were deemed. Yes. Uh, necessary. That yes. they needed to be open. Essential. Yeah. Essential. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So wait. So Scott. So Jimena has the intervention, and then days later is when you went missing. Is that <laughs> let's just let's call it I just, right yeah, now. I just I just decided that I wanted to close a bar. That was that was my mission on this one particular day. Is that I haven't done that in a long time. You know, it's been and, and what a silly goal. But you know, I set out. I said, you know. It's, it was very early. It was probably one one o'clock in the afternoon, and but, but, but dude, I was like, "I am going to drink and and close a bar. I want to go till four a.m." So, she just had an intervention, and this is your this is like a smack in the face, right? This is your response to, "I love you. I want to help you," and you're like, "I'm going to fucking close a bar." 
but to be fair, I don't think it was I love you, I want to help you. It was I'm done, it's okay. over, right? right? From from Scott's per- I'm trying to get myself into spot- Scott's perspective and trust me, I've been on your wife's side of things. It's it's one of the reasons I'm divorced. Um but your but what you were faced with was, "Hey, I'm absolutely done. Get get out." Right? right. It's it's over. Right. Okay. So that's a good perspective. So in that in sure. that case, yes. if it were me, right. I, I might do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Right? No, that's a that's a great. I hadn't thought of it like that. That's a great perspective. So the knee jerk response is, "Oh, really? Oh, fuck okay. you. What am I going to okay. do? I'm gonna. Yeah. Boom! I'll show you." Yes. You know? and it, yes. it wasn't that though. I didn't do it to show her. I did it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. It was yeah. you know. Okay. <laughs> that okay. was it. I just I was like, all right. I can't get in trouble, so I might as well, you know, we're done. Go, go balls out and, right. uh, you know, have a good time with this. Did you have a good time with No, it? I did not have a good there time with go. it. There you go. So that's, that's the, uh, you know, that's, that's, All right. that's so, the zero hour is, is, is realization of, of what I was. That night when you tried to close the bar? Yes. That was the zero hour? Yes. Like, was there a particular hour within the night moment you were feeling place in the bar you were sitting where you're talking to your where you're just sitting having a having a drink and you're thinking and, and like can you pinpoint it to a, a time yeah absolutely because you know i was bar hopping i got cut off at one place and then i ended up going to archie bunkers our favorite place in queens right astoria yeah and you know you go in, and and they have a little back area where you can sit outside and smoke, and cigarette. smoke cigarettes, yeah. and and people are smoking marijuana as yeah. well. And you know, uh, I probably I smoked some marijuana, and you know, my brain just said good night. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, and that was probably a blessing, right? Like absolutely, you needed, you absolutely. Needed to be good yeah, night, right? I, I do. I do say you know, smoking marijuana is sometimes good when you're really drunk because it will just knock you out, ends right. the night. All right, so, so I'm going to add a little... I, and I've done that many times in my own home and woke up from falling on the floor, which is not... You know, I'm very lucky. I would injure my ribs, but never hit my head. Um, Thank God, you have such a pretty face, dude. I mean, think I never fuck with your face. You do have crystalline blue eyes. He does have really I nice eyes. I love your eyes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, all right, listen, I'm, I'm going to give a bit of a backstory or, or air cover as Scott is deciding to close a bar, what is going on with Jimena, right? So, in Christine's new perspective, which I now agree with, and it's probably more appropriate, she said goodbye. So, Scott goes, you know what? Fuck you too. Ready? I'm out. Does his thing. So, Scott goes missing, right? Goes MIA. It's probably, I don't know how many hours go by, but I think I got my first call from Jimena. And Jimena and I know each other. Yeah. And we're friends. Yep. Because Scott is one of my number ones, right? And you've known each other for, for 33, 33 years. years. So my phone rings, and I see her number. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, what's up, X? Because she spells her name with an X. I'm like, what's up, Hamana? She's like, hello. I'm going to do her accent. Hello, Mark. Oh, is she going to kill me if she hears this? No. <laughs> okay. Hello, Mark. Have you heard from Scotty? I'm like, I haven't. I'm like, what's up? She goes... I don't know. I haven't heard from him. I'm trying to reach him. I'm, I'm afraid he. What time do you think that was? I think it was probably around dinner time. Okay. Right. I haven't heard from him all day. He just left, and I didn't. I didn't at that point have the context of the intervention. Right. I got. I got from the context of 
I'm concerned. I don't know where he is. He hasn't picked up his phone. So I'm like, well, you're his wife. You're probably annoying him. Like, let me let me reach out to him. And I called Scott. You didn't, I don't think he picked up for me either. He didn't. And I, I texted. Oh, I texted you. I'm like, bro, da 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 da. Call your wife, right? Mm-hmm. And like, he, he never responded. And then a few hours later, I hear from him again. She's like, hey, I still haven't heard from Scott. No, I'm really getting nervous. Uh, I'm like, Jimena, he's probably out. He's getting drunk, so on and so forth. He's out at a bar. I'm sure he'll be home at some point. So she is calling him. I wasn't really, like, texting him incessantly because I kind of had a suspicion that there was an argument, which I didn't know anything about that. And Scott's like, I'm going to blow off some steam, right? I'm going to go take the pain out and lose myself a little bit. Yep. Um, so that was the, the, the undercurrent of the day that she was tech and she and I actually got very close uh, on, on a friendship level as a result of you going off the deep end, you going MIA and my, you know, I wanted to support her. Right. Of and I wanted to support you as well, Scott, but you were, you know, like as a friend in a situation like this, I think the biggest support you could be is like, be there for them. Right. Right. Like right. be someone you can talk to, someone you can be yourself with, like, be a human being, as Scott's shirt says right now. Be, be a good a hu- human. Be a, be a good, good human. human, yeah. All right, so I just wanted to share that story. So you're at the bar. So, I, uh, yeah. You've, you've, I, smoked, you've smoked a little bit of a joint. You've passed out, right? Uh, yeah, I'm and very drunk. And you. And, and, you know, I wake up and I'm surrounded by people looking down at me and asking me, you know, should we call 911? Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm like, you know, I'm not physically hurt. No, don't call 911. I'm like, just, you know, do me a favor. You know, bring me, you know, bring me into the room inside and sit me down. Let me get some water and, you know, let me sober up just a little bit. And I'll, and I'll you know, I'll be out of your hair. All right. Okay. I'm not going to cause any trouble. I'm not a bad drunk. I don't fight. No. Don't. I don't abuse people or anything like right. that. I'm, I'm, I'm usually, you know, I'm talkative. I'm friendly. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll cause a little bit of trouble, um, you know, well, mischief. Well, we, we definitely, you know, we've well, had some mis- yes, mischief. Yes, yeah. yes, we've, yeah. we've, yes. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll steal something. Yes, I'll, <laughs> I'll break something, you know, whatever, I'll scare, okay, okay. I'll scare anyway, somebody. Okay, so, right. so, the, so, so the context is I'm in the bar and, you know, just sitting against the wall by myself and, you know, at this point I probably have sobered up just a little bit because I haven't had a drink and... An hour or two, I guess. And I'm looking around and I'm just saying, this is so pathetic. Mm. I'm looking around. I'm like the oldest person there. You know, I'm clearly, you know, everyone's looking at me like, what is wrong with this fella? Yeah. And I'm embarrassed. And, you know, I did a little bit of time traveling where I was able to, to, to see the future. And I knew that this was not going very well for me and that, you know, something I did have a problem. So so that was your zero hour. That was, yeah, in, in a way, yeah. I mean, that was the beginning of it. So I go home. I'm sleeping on the couch. And, you know, my wife had – she didn't just call you. One of the people that she called was my stepmother mm-hmm. um, and – Got some advice from her because my stepmother 
you know, dealt with... Your father's own addictions. Right, right, right. Which were actually worse than mine because yes. he, you know, he almost died. Uh, you know, he was an opiate addict. So my my stepmother gave really, really good advice and said, listen, you're approaching, told my wife, you're approaching this wrong. Don't be hostile. Come from the loving aspect, you know, come from the position of love and say, just tell him I love you and I want you to get help because I love you and I want, you know, I want to save this. And, you know, she woke me up. And while I was asleep, she had researched, uh, you know, basically I was enrolled in rehab. By the time he got up. By, by the time I yeah. woke up. You yeah. know, there was a place for me and everything yeah. like that. And she said, you know, I want you to do this. And I said, you know, it just so happened that I had this thing the, the night before where, you know, I admitted to myself, you know, had things gone differently, I'm not sure. I would have been like, eh, I'm not doing that. You know, yeah. no, I'm going out again, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I did have that moment. Which is, you know, the the moment in time that all people in recovery do have at one point. You know, that's the decision to go from active addiction into recovery. And, you know, it doesn't always last. I mean, you know, the recidivism rate, did I say that right, is, is very, very high. It's very high. Yes, right? it's very high. You know, they would, t- I, you know, I, I wanted the break from the situation. And, you know, she said six weeks in Florida sounded great to me. It really, you know, and... Uh, I remember when, dude, I remember when you left. I remember, I remember feeling good. I remember like, okay, all right, he's going to, he's going to take care of himself. Like, like he's going to look after number one. Like that was, that was probably one of the more proud moments I've had of you, you know, in a long time. Not, you know, not that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I wasn't, yeah, yeah. I'm still embarrassed about it, you know. It's still, it's still, it's still something, you know. I, I cringe when I think about it. Some of our best friends have been in recovery. I think it's great. Uh, you know, I had a great time in recovery, and I learned so much. You know, it's it's it was really about the education. You know, basically, you know, you, you spend all day. You're in class, more or less, um, for five six hours a day. You know, it's. Uh, but you meet all types. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. All, yeah. all yeah. levels of, yeah. of the spectrum. Yes, right? yes. I was definitely on the low end. Okay. Of the, you know, there's there's people there that you know were way worse off than me. You know, people looking at you know prison time. Yeah. Um, people with you know serious addictions to very dangerous drugs. Although alcohol is probably you know the most dangerous drug. So, when you say AA, does, does AA always mean Alcoholics, alcoholics Anonymous, Anonymous, or does it? Is it like well, addic- I mean, well the word so, addiction could pertain to anything. Correct. Right. So so there's there's AA which is Alcoholics Anonymous, there's NA which is Narcotics uh, Anonymous, right? Right. There's Al-Anon which is for, for families, families and it. friends of people with addiction, uh, right? Yeah. So Gamblers Anonymous. There's there's yeah. you know anything uh, any any addiction. There's even like a sex addict anonymous. So yeah, I'm sure. Uh so you know the big thing that, you know, you, you are, I was introduced to, you know, AA at rehab. Um, you know, we had meetings, the people came in from AA and NA and spoke to us. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's one of the big things as you're leaving is, you know, okay, so what's your plan? You know, they always say, we highly recommend you go to AA. And having Nick 
as a part of it, um, you know, it was like my introduction. You know, my first meeting was a meeting that he intends. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I already had friends. Mm -hmm. You know, I already knew people in the program. So the big thing about AA is it's really the 12 steps. Um, and have you done all 12 steps? No. No, not yet. I'm in the process of it. I'm I'm a classic fourth step procrastinator. What is that? What is the fourth step? Fourth step is taking a moral inventory of yourself. Um, and but and sp specifically in AA, what 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 people do is they they go back to the people they have harmed. Is that part that's, of fourth step? No, that's that's eight. That's okay. eight. Yeah, because you haven't apologized to me yet. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Eight well, eight, eight is writing it down. Nine is actually doing it. Okay, later, but so later, later so today. so your fourth step is your you know, and this is all part of uh, you know what you need to do, and what people don't realize is that you know alcohol is actually only mentioned one time in the twelve steps in the first step, and everything else is about improving your life. Hmm. And it, it's great. I mean, I, I I tell people, you know, if I have to pick a disease again, you know, I'll I'll take alcoholism. You know, way <laughs> it's much better than getting cancer or anything right, like right, that. Right. Because because the recovery from it is, you know, I think, you know, the the twelve steps. Everybody should be doing these twelve steps. No, you absolutely. Don't, you don't you don't need to, <laughs> to have a problem to improve your life. Um, you know, it's about so the fourth step is, is specifically is, you know, you, you write down a list of resentments that you have against people and then you try to figure out what is your role in that hmm. and how are you responsible. And, and basically, you know, it's it, what, what we mentioned before, it, it's, this whole thing is about changing your perspective. You it's need to you, stock in yourself and others around yes. you, right? and responsibility for yourself yeah. and and just realizing that. Listen, uh, you know, people aren't necessarily doing things against you. Most people are just doing things pro them, and you just happen to be in their way. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to let go of a lot of things. And, you know, the, 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 the feeling is that if you can change your perspective, you no longer need this uh, escapism, this this outlet of drugs or this other behaviors and it and you know so you so you haven't entirely changed your perspective yet no i have absolutely absolutely you know i well i mean i've always been that you know when the first time uh you know i read the fourth step i said oh I, that's you know i should be doing that every single day and yeah. i you know i've already was in therapy uh prior and uh prior to you know, that zero hour. I yeah. have, a, you know, I have a psychiatrist. I have a therapist. I meditate. I, you know, I'm actively seeking to improve my mental health all the time. Um, when you meditate, do you mean sleep? You sleep? No, 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 no. I've no, seen no. you meditate before. You, you never meditate? see me? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Dude, dude, fucking like, oh, what is that? I don't see you meditate. Don't lie to our audience. I'm kidding, dude. No, so. I I'm trained uh, TM. I'm certified. I, Are you really? Oh yeah, really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went through the whole thing. You went through the transcendental meditation program. Yeah, that's like serious shit. Yeah, I mean, wow. it, yeah, yeah. We'll meditate later tonight. Yeah. All right. I okay. So. You know, so meditating is really is about you know being able to uh, turn your brain not off, but away from your thoughts. Being able to let go of of your thoughts. Um, and once you train yourself to do that, 
you know, you're able to kind of bring yourself out of what I say is like the bad movie that's running in your head a little bit easier and your life improves in that way. So, you know, there'll be moments where, you know, I'm walking down the street and I'm thinking and I'm just like, stop. Look at the space around you, you know, just notice the physical things in the world, feel yourself. And then it's like it's like a reset. Huh. And do you is it is it a reset when you need it, like multiple times a day if you need it on that day? Or is it like a reset? Like, I'd like to learn how to do that. Like when I'm having stressful days, I'd like to learn how to stop, you know, stop, drop and roll and like like reset. Right. That, yeah. That sounds pretty powerful. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I want to talk a little I want to talk a little bit about the steps. Sure. Scott, because I, I have them pulled up here on my iPad. And um, number four is made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And then and then when we go into like five, six, there's a lot of God here, right? Yeah. So yeah. I guess my question to you is, are you a religious person? God, it, it should say God of your understanding. It, and, it does. It okay. does. God yeah, as we understood as him. As we understood him. God, uh, they teach you in rehab, can mean group of drunks. Really? Yeah, that's one of the things. That's so, so funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. It can mean it can mean you know, and there are very religious people in there. I am not a believer in God, although I do. I but say, do you believe in a quote unquote higher power? And isn't that the same as God? Like I always say, like I believe in the universe, like the universe provides, or I I release things to the universe. Right? The universe does exist. But I think on some level we are talking about this belief in a higher power. So, curious. yeah, my 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 higher power is uh, you know just just being alive and being uh, a part of something. You know, I I say as an atheist, I have to believe in a higher power. Like I feel that you know I have this amazing amazing gift that. Of consciousness, I have won the cosmic lottery because I am alive right now. Um, you know, it's taken you know generations of ancestry to lead me to this, to this, to this life. You know, think of of all the other uh, you know you know forms of life out there, and you know you're lucky that you're at the top of the food chain, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, as as someone, you know, I I feel. Listen, I really won the lottery. I'm a white male, grew up in New York. I mean, you know, think of it. You know, you could be born anywhere. Um, and you know, you you know, you should just feel lucky to be alive. So, um, and healthy. Um, and in a way, you know, uh, you know, I guess humanity is my higher power, you know? Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's great. I'm speechless. That's great, dude. Like, that's fucking awesome. It's, it's inspiring. I never, I never knew some of those things about you. Like, it's not, it's not until you get in a room and put a microphone in someone's face, right? Even after knowing somebody for 33 years. Yeah. Um, Scott, so when do I get to meet the lovely lady? Like, when are you bringing her? And would you, is is there something that you might want to shout out to the lovely Jimena? 
Um, <laughs> especially considering like, hey, thank God, right? Like everything aligned, the zero hour, her talk with your um, stepmom, with Mark, so that she could lovingly approach you. And it just so happened that everything was there. And I know for a fact you look forward to trips to Philadelphia to eat good food and spend time with your wife. Super like, dates. what are you? Super yeah, dates. we're, we're, we're going to do one for my birthday, probably in two weeks. When is your birthday? Oh, next next weekend. Yeah. Happy weekend. birthday, yeah. Scott. 29. Awesome. Good job, dude. <laughs> yeah. Still, I you know, I'm at the point where it's like, do I call myself in the mid-50s? Is 53 going to be mid-50s no, or 54? No, you're good. Yeah, no, you think so? No, dude, I'm older than you and I'm not mid-50s. No, you are. You, you are, are definitely mid-50s, mid-50s Shut dude. up, yes. both he of you. He is mid-50s. You've got another year. Okay. Thank you. You can stay with me. Uh, but you didn't answer the question. What uh, you know, message can we give to Jimena? All right. Guardrails are up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are guardrails, actually. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, just enormous gratitude for, uh, you know, sticking with me and believing in me and, and loving me. And I'm, you know, very difficult. Very difficult person to love. I just tried to give Scott a fist pump, and he just totally ignored me. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what that yes. was? What, there you go. No, there you go. What do you there think you that is? So, yeah, no. So, Jimena is, uh, is, is, a, is a delight. It's an absolute angel because you are not – you're easy to be as a friend, but I can't imagine living with you. Like We can live together. Well, yeah, but we're both stupid, right? And young, right? And whatever. In our 20s, 30s. Okay, uh, I I know I know we're running low on time, but I did want to share a passage because we, um, we were talking earlier on about how it feels really uncomfortable, um, to feel loved, right, and to have people express love. Um, I have started reading a book by Bell Hooks called All About Love, mm-hmm. and they call it her love song to America. And she talks about how uncomfortable we are in talking. So I just wanted to share this before we go because, like, Scott, it makes me. And maybe we can talk about it later because you're stuck with us for a little while. Um, She um, shares a quote by Diane Ackerman. As a society, we are embarrassed by love. We treat it as if it were an obscenity. We reluctantly admit admit to it. Even saying the word makes us stumble and blush. Love is the most important thing in our lives, a passion for which we would fight or die, and yet we're reluctant to linger over its names. Without a supple vocabulary, we can't even talk or think about it directly. But Not hey, Jimena, Jimena, yeah. Well, we, you know, we 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 tell each other that we, you know, te amo all the time. Um, Isn't that funny? You you can't say love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can say it in Spanish. It means no, I, love I you. know, Spanish, but it's right? it's yeah. more comfortable saying it in Spanish, perhaps. Te amo, te amo, te amo. Yeah, it is really actually. When I think about it, like uh, you know, I had a really tough time saying it to my parents. Um, you know, it it it's it it's it's uh, it's something that uh, you know I'm dealing with. Yeah. I really am, and finding out things through through therapy, really about you know why. Is it that I have this issue and, uh, you we know. We all have the issue. Yeah, we all have the issue. And just recognizing patterns in your life um, um, to try to avoid, you know, the same, falling into the same, you know. Yeah. Dude, I, I could probably, 
you know, it's funny. Before before I wrap it up, Christine used to say, "We as parents, it's our obligation to mess up our kids just a little bit." Right? Yes, I say that all the time. Still, yeah. well, like, adversity is important. Yeah. You know, uh, you're going to deal with it at one point. So it forces us to do work on each other, on, on one, like on ourselves. I, I think this deserves a part two at some point. Um, no, no, we need to continue this. I think there's there's so much more we can go into. I mean, I could talk to Scott forever about everything. Um, so we got to wrap it, right? We're at time. How do you feel? Feel good? Sure. Feel great. Will you come back for a boomerang episode where we can have a longer time Absolutely. and talk more Absolutely. about life and not necessarily just about recovery? Absolutely. We'd love that. We love you, Scott, as uncomfortable as it makes you feel. <laughs> Tiamo. Tiamo. I'll survive. All right. I'm All looking right. forward to our pasta meal. All right, yes. my brothers and my sisters. Uh, that was Mr. Scott Left Trekker. Dear is. friend of the Zero Hour and of Mark Fierce. Right on. The wraps. Stay tuned for a part two. Should we get him back from New York into Boston? Um, That's it, y'all. Peace. Thank you. Bye.